Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today's another quick one, ladies and gentlemen. I want to talk to you about the lessons I learned from watching Whitney Houston's uh, biopic on Netflix. It's called I Want to Dance with Somebody. If you don't know who Whitney Houston is, then I can't help you. I mean, she... She was one of the biggest pop stars. She was basically the black Taylor Swift of, of my childhood. I'm, I'm 47. She had three albums go triple diamond. She uh, sold, I think, more records than the Beatles. She, or she had more number one uh, songs than the Beatles. And, and she tied, I think... Michael Jackson for the amount of awards that she won uh, for her albums. She just had an, and she sang at the Super Bowl. And she just had this incredible career, stadium tours worldwide. She was in a movie with Kevin Costner, a black woman kissing a white dude. Like that was controversial at that time. But at the age of 48, she it's, you know, the word is out whether she ended her life or overdosed. I think that the final word was, was an accidental overdose on fentanyl in, um, in a tub. And as I'm watching this, like, I, I was heartbroken. I was like, where did this, where did her life get off track? How could she have so much success and uh, so much struggle at the same time. And I realize a lot of us are like that, where, you know, we can be, um, you know, successful and, and, and thriving in one area and then struggling and suffering in another area. So I just want to share with you some quick takeaways from her life that I hope will be a benefit to you. First one is she blended her public life with her private life. You know, there's an Asian quote that says that we have three lives. Our, our, we have three selves, our public self, our private self, and our secret self. And we don't really want to mix those three. Whoever we are publicly, at work, on stage, in performance, that's our public persona. The way you dress and look and act for that is one way. And then there's who you are privately, who you are with your, with your friends and family and, and close acquaintances. And then there's who you are secretly when nobody's around. And it's okay to have those three different layers. It doesn't mean that you're being inauthentic or fake or phony. It's basically what we have to do. You know, someone who is leading uh, an army uh, and is a commander, you wouldn't expect him to, to be that way 24-7. At some point, he has to let his guard down, relax, recharge, so then he can prepare for the next battle, right? So there's your public self, your private self, and your secret self. And she was kind of trying to blend. When she married Bobby Brown, she was kind of trying to blend those three. So get clear on who your public self is. Get clear on who your private self is. And then get clear on who your secret self is. And accept that and own that. And, and, and that allows, I believe, for less suffering. Um. She had a gift, a talent. They called her the voice. Here's the second point. Um, but she smoked. And so as a result of smoking, she destroyed her voice. 
that's what destroyed her voice. All the smoking, all the drugs. So even the lesson there is even if you've given a gift, even if you have a talent, we still have to continue to hone it and and we have to protect it. We can't just take it for granted. That which is given to us can be easily taken away from us. So if you have a gift, a talent, we still have to hone it, protect it, um, and and act like, you know, is, is day one, basically. Uh, third lesson I, I want to share with you is she stopped enjoying what she was doing. She, start, she, she went from enjoying singing and performing to doing it to pay bills and to do it for the audience. You know, I when I look at Miles Davis, one of the things that that gave him so much longevity in the music world was that he continually experimented with the sound, and he didn't fall in love with how the audience was uh, gonna respond. He was thinking more about how to evolve and continue to create and make new sounds, and so he would invite younger players into his band so that he could learn from them and they can learn from him. And he kept, so he was feeding his creativity in that way. Where when you look at Whitney Houston, she was trying to maintain the same persona throughout where she wanted to be America's princess. And so for you, you might've had a persona or a label or way of being that has gotten you to where you are today, but you may have to, switch up personas in order to get you to that next level. Um, for instance, you know, who you are, if you're a cashier, right, at, uh, at, a, at a grocery store. So you're a cashier at a grocery store, that lends to a certain persona. But when you become manager, you may have to s- switch up your persona a little bit. And then when you become owner, right, that's a whole other persona. And then when you want to scale out or maybe take it global, so to, to find ways in which, and, and you may even go from owner to then now you want to, you know, uh, be a painter. Those are, are two different personas and that's okay. So don't fall so in love with, uh, you know, how people are going to respond to you uh, that you neglect the, what your voice is telling you to do and you're, neglecting the creative side and the ability to grow. And we're going to get more into that part also. Um, Whitney Houston had a turning point. When you watch, if you watch this documentary series, there is a turning point where she had the room to grow and expand instead of staying beholden to where she was before. And that was at the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, when she sang... She came out in sweats and she had a headband on and she wasn't the dolled up girl that we had known her to be. And that was her Miley Cyrus wrecking ball moment. If you don't know who Miley Cyrus is, Miley Cyrus uh, was on Nickelodeon and she was America's sweetheart also. And then Miley Cyrus was like, that's not really who I am now. And so all of a sudden, we see this this innocent young girl who's on Nickelodeon. Now she's like, you know, almost naked on a wrecking ball, you know, singing these sexually laden songs. And America was like, what? What's going on? Miley Cyrus is going crazy. Miley Cyrus was not going crazy. She was, she was growing into who she is today. Um, 
And Whitney Houston, I don't know if you know this, she struggled with her sexuality or, and, and so she had a girlfriend very early on, but her manager said that, you know, you can't go public with having a girlfriend. So then she married Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston had an opportunity at the Super Bowl when she came out in sweats and America still loved her in the sweats and, and not seeing her in the dress to say, hey, this is who I am now. I'm, I'm a lesbian. I love women. And, and you know, Robin is the, the girl that I'm really in love with. And she could have grown from there because America was ready for it. We accepted Whitney at the Super Bowl in her sweats, in a headband. It was one of the greatest performances of all. And she didn't see it. And she had a chance to seize that and use that as a turning point for her career to create a different sound and, um, and to be her, her new authentic self, right? Because who she was before wasn't that it was inauthentic, but, but now this is who she was evolving into. So don't fall so in love with who you've been and how you've been showing up that you can't recognize your opportunity to become something uh, different. I don't want to say better, but just different to, to make an adjustment. She had that moment and um, it, it slipped through her fingers. And I don't even think that was, it wasn't hundred percent. Yes. It's her, her responsibility, but her team around her also, I don't think saw it. Um, and this leads me into the last point. When we talk about despair, because she had such a uh, heavy drug use uh, throughout uh, a lot of her life and most of her career that uh, this, I want to drive this key point home. Despair leads to depression. And we, we get into despair when we start comparing ourselves to other people or to our past self. Whitney Houston was constantly comparing herself to the Beatles, to Michael Jackson, to other artists. And that fed her ego. That fed her ego. And she got so caught up in trying to be better than and out awarding um, the Beatles and Michael Jackson and uh, other performers, performers who were at that caliber that she missed an opportunity for her own growth, for her own evolution. And then she also was comparing herself to her past self, right? Because in her, at, at 48, she's now remembering herself at the American Music Awards when she was, I think, in her 20s or, or maybe 30s. I don't know how she was when she did it, but it was arguably one of the best performances ever by a single vocalist, right? And because she kept comparing herself to that, she kept trying to get back to that. She kept trying to outdo that. And as a result, when we compare ourselves to ourselves, to our past selves, or to other people, what we're really saying is we're not accepting ourselves as we are now. We're not acknowledging who we are now. We're not recognizing our room for growth. And we're also saying to ourselves, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I used to be. And what I used to be was, was much better, and, and I'm kind of just deteriorating here. So if you, when you watch Whitney Houston, 
uh, when you watch this documentary on, not documentary, it's a movie on Netflix. It's called um, uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. It, uh, look at it from this point of view. Look at what, what the turning points could have been, where her room for growth was, uh, how her mindset uh, affected the decision she was making, right? So that you can recognize it in yourself. And I also want to point out that this, that what I'm sharing with you now is a part of the result of me, you know, after the, the movie, sitting down, taking notes on it, but also talk to my therapist about it. And so if you're in therapy, go to betterhelp.com forward slash Leo. If you're in therapy, you can talk to your therapist about what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to, and the questions that you have about the characters. Therapy is not just about you talking about you. It's also about you talking about what you're experiencing and, and what's at the top of mind for you. Because ultimately, we are talking about you. Whether you're talking about cars, planes, trains, or automobiles, you're still talking about you because your perception of what you're talking about, the, the way you are sharing those experiences is a reflection on what's happening inside of you and for you and through you. So I encourage you, if you're in therapy and you feel like, oh, I don't have anything to talk about, like to, to talk about a can of soda, talk about the traffic, all these things all circle back to you. And a, a truly great therapist knows how to go on a journey with you as you're talking about these external things, or, you know, movies, books, TV, whatever, and then bringing it back to you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Uh, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help for you calling a 1-800-S-U-I-C-I-D-E or nine. Oh, see, I keep <laughs> scratch that. It's the 988. That's the new number, 988. Call 988 or any of the international phone numbers that are listed in each and every single one of the show notes. You can talk, chat, text. You can go to betterhelp.com forward slash Leo and get that. Get that uh, discount right now. You get a discount right now on your own pocket therapist. That's what I like to call them, pocket professionals. Um, go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching. You want some coaching from your boy, Leo Flowers? Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.